In light of the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas and Israel and Hezbollah, we wanted to examine the possibilities of business travel resuming given the current security environment. Although International SOS continues to advise against any non-essential travel, the risks to workforce in some parts of Israel have now improved. Hello and welcome to this Global Situation podcast from International SOS, the leading health and security risk management business. I'm Chris Giles. Well, joining me for this episode is Rory Keith, our lead security analyst for Israel and the Palestinian territories. And I began by asking him to explain what the current security risks are in Israel. So the biggest risk facing workforce in Israel at present stems from the potential for a conflict developing with Hezbollah in Lebanon. That is to say, we've seen a certain low level of fighting taking place between the two sides so far over the border, which has involved the firing of rockets in quite low volumes, as well as anti-tank rockets aimed at Israeli forces, in addition to explosive laden drones being flown over the border from Lebanon into Israel. But the biggest risk is that of that conflict developing into a full-scale conflict. Such a full-scale conflict could involve vast volumes of rocket fire being fired from Hezbollah into Israel. And the group is believed to possess tens of thousands of such rockets. That rocket fire in turn could have knock-on security effects that would greatly impact the security scenario inside of Israel. So during the earlier conflict between Hamas in the Gaza Strip and Israel, we saw flight disruption. And even though Israel had and has excellent air defences to prevent rocket fire from actually reaching the ground, it got to the point where many airlines were unable to operate flights to Israel due to secondary risks and not being able to, at times, secure hull insurance for their aircraft to operate from Israel's Ben-Gurion airport. So that flight disruption risk will still be in place should Hezbollah choose to deploy their weapons and their arsenal against Israel. Likewise, there is a risk of damage to critical infrastructure from such a conflict developing. The ability for all of the services upon which workforce depends in Israel, communications, networks, water, power, these sorts of concerns, that kind of critical infrastructure could be damaged during such conflict. And also shipping and maritime traffic could be disrupted. It's believed that Hezbollah possesses missiles capable of targeting potentially the entirety of the Israeli western coast, which could further impact both maritime evacuations, should they be necessary, and the import and export of key goods out of Israel. So Rory, for any workforce thinking about travelling to Israel, are there any other security risks that they should consider? So rocket fire from the Gaza Strip, although it has drastically fallen off in the immediate aftermath of the 7th of October attacks on Israel. Although that rocket fire has decreased as recently as the 29th of January, we saw rocket barrages fired from the Gaza Strip, which triggered Israeli air defences and air sirens in major urban settlements within Israel, such as Tel Aviv and other key cities where workforce are likely to be found. Although it's far easier for the Israeli air defences to intercept missiles fired from Yemen, we have consistently seen missiles targeting southern Israel, which have been fired from Yemen. Again, none of these have actually landed inside Israel, but that threat persists. Additionally, there have been militant attacks within Israel since the 7th of October attacks, and these have targeted members of the public in addition to Israeli security forces. And finally, protests. There have been protests blocking main roads, protests that have been disruptive in nature as well. 
So the security environment still has an active threat environment, but also the potential for a much greater risk in future. So Rory, what's International SOS's current advice for those considering travelling to Israel? Business travel to Israel should continue to be strictly for essential purposes only. Any travel within Israel and the West Bank to Jerusalem during times of heightened tensions should be subject to a risk assessment in line with the prevailing security environment. And any travel within Jerusalem to the old city area during times of heightened tensions should be reconsidered. Any essential travel to Israel should only proceed if those travelling are confident in their accommodation and are aware of the procedure to follow in the event of rocket or missile fire. Make sure that your accommodation within Israel is able to provide food and water for those staying for at least five days in the event of an escalation. And those travelling should also have access to verified information provided in a timely manner so that they can change their plans based on that information. Also, those travelling to Israel should be aware that most local news is broadcast in Hebrew and travellers not familiar with that should ensure that they have access to information in a language that they understand so that they can process that information and make decisions pertinent to their security based on that. And additionally, anybody travelling should consent to the understanding that the security situation remains fluid and can escalate at short notice and require swift action. From a manager perspective, sending workforce to Israel should ensure that planning has been done to ascertain how and under what circumstances managers would evacuate their workforce from the country should such a situation arise. So once someone has decided on permitting travel to Israel, how do the risks differ then in different areas of the country? To answer this question, we've broken the country down into four risk zones. Firstly, we have the border areas with Gaza, Lebanon and Syria. To those areas, we're advising to defer all travel entirely. In those areas, because they're so close to areas where rocket fire could stem from, those areas would only have 10 seconds of warning time before rockets fired from across the border could impact. And that's the reason for those areas being completely unsafe. Secondly, we have an area in the north of Israel, in Northern District, starting from Safed, and going down as far south as Haifa. In this area, short-term travel may be possible subject to a risk assessment. What we mean by that is that overnight stays just aren't going to be possible in that area. And that's because of the fact that that area would only have around 35 seconds of warning time for a rocket fired from Lebanon. Third zone goes south from Haifa to as far as Netanya on the coast. And this includes some areas of the northern part of the West Bank as well. In this area, overnight stays are possible, but at a higher risk. What I mean by that is that there is around one minute of warning time for rockets fired from southern Lebanon into this area. So as long as managers are comfortable and their workforce are comfortable in having only around one minute to reach shelter, then that's okay to stay overnight there. But there is an acknowledgement that they are at a higher risk. And then fourthly, we have the area going south from Tanya as far as Beersheba. This zone, which comprises most of Israel's main population centres, this risk zone is at a lower risk from rockets from Lebanon due to having around 70 to 120 seconds of warning time. But at the same time, there is a risk of uh, rockets coming from Gaza being targeted towards this area. However, what we've seen is that that risk from rocket fire in the Gaza Strip has declined greatly since the initial 
post 7th of October 2023 period where there was a very high volume. So now that risk is, is greatly diminished. And this area is where we'll expect to find the hotel accommodation with the greatest amount of resilience and the best availability of that accommodation. Then additionally, not classified in any of these zones as areas south of Beersheba. These areas are unlikely to be targeted by rocket fire, although missiles fired from Yemen could potentially make it through Israeli defences, although this is unlikely. However, any travel to this area south of Beersheba should bear in mind the fact that any flight or border disruption that could take place affecting the whole country will also affect travel to that area, even if the threat posed by rocket fire is lower. Rory, what about the West Bank? We continue to advise against all travel to the West Bank, and this is due to the potential for short notice travel restrictions, which could complicate travel and limit potential evacuation options in the event of an emerging crisis or escalation of the current conflict. The the risks there are similar to Israel. However, that potential for short notice travel restrictions acts as a multiplier on these risks. So we have that same risk of borders being shut, but we also have a greater risk of unrest stemming from protests in the West Bank and higher levels of militant activity, which is combined with IDF operations, which have included even drone strikes and rather military methods, which complicate the risk environment and also complicate the environment under which a security or medical evacuation could be conducted safely. And finally, it's worth just pointing out rocket fire. Although rockets fired by Hamas in the Gaza Strip or Hezbollah in Lebanon are unlikely to directly attempt to target the West Bank. Some rockets have historically fallen in those areas. And whilst the Israeli defence forces use their air defence systems to protect Israeli population centres, and they do so very effectively, those same defence systems do not attempt to intercept rockets headed towards the West Bank. So errant rockets and and misdirected rockets could still pose a serious threat in the event of a escalation of a situation in the north of Israel and also resultantly in the in the north of the West Bank. Now looking forward, Israel has in recent weeks described a possible assault on Rafah in the Gaza Strip. Could that affect the situation, do you think? Yes, the answer is that the possible assault on the Rafah in the Gaza Strip might well have some severe implications within the Gaza Strip. The civilian population there, estimated to number around 1.3 million, will face serious, serious challenges if that assault is to go ahead. The Israeli authorities have indicated that they won't make such an assault without first implementing a plan to cater to the civilian population, but so far no plan has publicly been decided upon. Stemming from that, is the potential for such an assault to heighten tensions, which could in turn result in elevated risk of unrest and militant attack in both the West Bank and Israel. Finally, Rory, I wanted to ask you about the Muslim holiday of Ramadan, which is taking place in March. Could that have a bearing on security? It certainly can, yes. The holiday is expected to begin on the 10th of March, which also happens to be the date of the expiry of Israel's ultimatum on the return of hostages held by Hamas. And also, they've said that if this demand is not met, then the assault on Rafah will begin. Additionally, there will be heightened tensions in Jerusalem. In 2023, rumours of a possible animal sacrifice by Jews during the Ramadan holiday at the Al-Aqsa Mosque led to unrest, which resulted in missiles being fired from Gaza and Lebanon into Israel. 
there have been discussions in the Israeli government too about possible restrictions on access to the site this year, although it seems the government won't be opting to implement these uh, restrictions. If they were to implement such restrictions, it could provide the backdrop against which tensions could heighten. We could see unrest and that unrest in Jerusalem could lead to an increase in the degree of conflict which we're seeing in both the Gaza Strip and potentially over the border with Lebanon. And just finally, a scenario that ought to be outlined is the potential for any visits by Jewish activists or politicians to the Al-Aqsa Mosque during the period of the Ramadan holiday, which is expected to last until the 9th of April, will have the potential to trigger a rise in tensions, which could in turn result in unrest, movement restrictions or rocket fire being fired towards Israel. So it's a situation that we at International SOS will be monitoring closely for during this period. But it's worth pointing out and stressing that all parties involved are well aware of the potentially disastrous consequences of staging such a provocation and, and such a visit. And that does make the likelihood of that happening lower. Okay, Rory, thanks so much for all your analysis and advice. Thank you. Well, that's all for now, but you'll be able to access all the latest information and updates on the situation in Israel and the Palestinian territories from our website, internationalsos.com. And from there, you can find out about our global network of assistance centres, available to clients 24-7. But until next time, thanks very much for listening. And goodbye.